Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, for uh, months now, the last several weeks, couple of months, we have been following what has been going on in Hong Kong. Uh, of course, uh, way back when, 1997, uh, given back to China after uh, 100 years of, of British rule. And I think everybody thought that uh, with the success of Hong Kong and, and it being what it is, that uh, China would learn more from Hong Kong and become more like Hong Kong as opposed to reverting Hong Kong back to China, which appears to be happening. Uh, these, this latest round of uh, demonstrations that we're seeing as a result of a law that was uh, tried to push through way back when uh, that said anyone who or people, certain people who were convicted of a crime in Hong Kong or charged with a crime in Hong Kong could be tried in China, which is a very much a very different uh, judicial system than what Hong Kong does, of course. Uh, that started weekend protests. They and it had been very peaceful, peaceful for the longest time, even seeing seniors uh, get out there and march at one point, as well as students and such. Uh, umbrellas, um, and we've seen how this is all how this is all um, progressed over the last several weeks. Uh, they eventually dropped, got rid of the law that said uh, we would be trying people who were charged in Hong Kong in China. That didn't seem to slow things down. Uh, those in Hong Kong still thinking that uh, China is. Uh, is tightening its grasp a little too uh, too much around Hong Kong. Then this is all accelerated to demonstrations involving masks and and people wearing masks. Uh, Reuters reporting Hong Kong struggled uh, struggled to recover Monday with the metro only partially functioning and infrastructure extensively damaged after scores of protesters were arrested in violent clashes overnight that drew the warning from the Chinese military. Tens of thousands of protesters marched peacefully through the center of the Chinese-ruled city on Sunday wearing face masks in defiance of a colonial-era emergency powers that threatened them with the with a maximum of one year in prison for hiding their faces. However, the rallies deteriorated into running clashes as night fell. Police fired tear gas and used uh, uh, baton charges as an attempt to disperse the uh, petrol bomb-throwing protesters in several locations across the Asian financial hub. Uh, scores of protesters were arrested and bussed away under the new emergency laws, which came into effect Friday night after some of the most violent clashes in four months of protest virtually shut down uh, the city on Saturday. To talk more about all of this, uh, Dr. Robert Hewish is with us, Associate Professor, Undergraduate Advisor, Department of International Development Studies, Dalhousie University, and with us now. Robert, thanks for the time. Much appreciated. My pleasure, Scott. Thanks very much. Many thought that once this law was relaxed, uh, that saw those charged in Hong Kong being uh, sent to to China for for uh, the judiciary process, that that might calm things. It doesn't seem to have done much at all, has it? No, it really hasn't. Uh, what we got two things sort of going on here at the moment. The first is the success of overturning that extradition law. So. In one side of it, there's the reality that the protests were effective enough in right. overcoming that law. So there's sort of that enthusiasm that maybe this sort of people's power uh, can have a place within Hong Kong politics. That's the first step. And the second step is now to see how Beijing has reacted, to see how Carrie Lam, who's the director in, in Hong Kong, how she's participated in this, has also brought quite a bit of fear into uh, especially the student ranks within Hong Kong, to say, 
we've we've basically got uh, the the two nations one uh, the, the 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 sort of the two nation system in Hong Kong until 2047. Uh, there's rights of freedom of expression. There's different financial liberties in place. But to see the sort of reaction that comes out of Beijing, a lot of people are asking, are we going to enjoy those rights all the way up to 2047? Uh, or are they also under threat? So you've got this huge amount of enthusiasm for change in Hong Kong. And, uh, and, and part of it is, you know, riding the high of a victory on the other side is to say we better protect what we have now because uh, Beijing will, will definitely take it away in the future. Are you surprised that when those extradition laws were lifted that things didn't simmer down and instead it's it's been a catalyst to keep going? It's really interesting to ask that because when it comes to protest movements around the world, the, the, the thing about momentum is so important. Mm-hmm. So you saw that there was a very specific ask that these protesters were after, the, the removal of that law. They succeeded in that. And as instead of just dispersing and going into the woodwork, out come a whole other range of issues that, uh, that are brought forward to say, uh, you know, basically challenging the, the authority out of Beijing to say that Hong Kong needs to remain uh, under its current system and that it shouldn't be subjected to the sort of propaganda and the sort of control that, uh, that Beijing has without, throughout the rest of the mainland. And that, I think, has is, is brought a whole other uh, range of questions to the, to the forefront. I mean, don't forget that in 2012, when, uh, when Mr. Chi took power in, in Beijing, one of the first things that he did was try to institute a re-education uh, system in, in Hong Kong that would basically create a nationalist education for all youth and, and university students. That was also fought down at a protest as well. So I think that those who are, who are leading the protests right now in Hong Kong realize that there's probably not even 30 years left of the sort of autonomy and freedom and, and democratic uh, processes yeah. within, within their country. And I think instead of saying, even if we wanted to, uh, as you said earlier, you know, will Hong Kong influence China? It's more like we have to make the most of it while we have it. Absolutely. I would say that with what they have tried to do, what Carrie Lam's tried to do with with this extradition law has just made those in Hong Kong realize that 2047 isn't that far away and we got to get on this now, leading one to believe this will continue till 2047. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Uh, let's bring back in uh, Dr. Robert Hewish, Associate Professor, Department of International Development Studies at Dalhousie University. Uh, Robert, uh, you know, obviously it seems that we're moving towards uh, what, Ch- what Hong Kong is experiencing now. Rather than uh, having an argument or uh, this sort of thing continuing until 2047, is it time perhaps for both sides to sit down and, and and disclose what their view is of Hong Kong come 2047 and how do we get there as opposed to an agonizing journey for the next 25 years, 27 years? I, I think that's a wise move. And again, that's the kind of foresight that we would need in this scenario. The, uh, the one issue is, is just look how much global finance is connected to Hong Kong. And to think that one day it's just going to be completely under, uh, you know, Beijing is, is something that should be very worrisome to 
uh, you know, international markets and to, to foreign investors who, who've got capital and assets in, in, in Hong Kong today. The problem is with that is that Beijing, Mr. Chi especially, does not seem to be in any mood to discuss anything other than his particular agenda about how the future of China's development should, should go forward. So this is a really big concern that if, uh, if there is a need to discuss what that future is going to look like, then both parties would have to do it. And I think right now at Beijing, there's sort of this attitude to say, we don't really need to talk to anybody because we're going to do it the way that we see fit. So is the world now aware that the uh, uh, the dream that they had that China would 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 transform more into a Hong Kong than Hong Kong being transformed back into China is that finally uh, uh, is that finally reality for the world or is everybody realizing that gee we better look into what may happen come 2047 and deal with this now that's right I mean China has set up several economic zones, special economic zones, even near Beijing. And of course, there's, uh, there's Macau and some other select areas. But the idea that the whole system is going to change over to a more open democratic form, uh, there's no indication that, uh, that any of that influence would happen inside Beijing. And what's more is that, you know, Beijing is able to now use uh, some of the disruptions in Hong Kong to say, hey, look, Look at this. There's, there's protesters. They're wearing masks. There's there, there's smoke grenades going off. There's police officers shooting um, shooting the protesters there. Look how chaotic this is. And just look how civil and organized everything else is in the right. rest of, of the country. Even though we know that uh, that there are there are disruptions, there are disputes across across China. Again, especially in the West, that we just don't hear about. And let's not also forget the amount of energy that Beijing puts into refabricating history. Hmm. Uh, you know, we just we look no further than the Tiananmen Square uh, issue and just how much control and effort Beijing puts into making sure that those stories about Tiananmen and the history of Tiananmen do not surface uh, within uh, within their own population. It's amazing they can get away with that still in the land we live in where technology has the control that it does. The, it just amazes me to no end, but that's another discussion. Uh, for decades, uh, China was the golden goose. Is that changing? And the issues in regard to the masks, is that a tipping point in this discussion for the reasons you just mentioned, that now people are going to look at this differently now? Yeah, the mask law is something we've seen actually other jurisdictions around the world bring in when it comes to protests to say, uh, you know, we've, uh, you know, we want protesters' faces exposed. So that that works in democracy. I'm not sure that sells yeah. much in a communist country, though. Exactly. So the, uh, the, 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 the mask law is, is probably the next level of escalation that we're seeing, uh, you know, take, take place here. And it's one that, again, shows this intimidation. It shows that Beijing is cautious they are you know they're intimidated at the same time by this disruption in hong kong if only for the fact that it can extend out to other possibly other areas of china but in terms of the mask law in in hong kong itself that will continue to be a direct challenge that that's a that's the protesters versus mr chi um through carrie lamb to say you know uh if you're going to challenge us to take off masks well just try it and even that is a form of expression of dissent to say that we we may not be able to to be part of anything else other than China by the time 2047 rolls around, but we can still express ourselves, and if that includes wearing masks, we're going to still do it. 
Uh, again, I, I think people in a democracy will view this different than those sure. uh, uh, in Hong Kong. But will China use the whole mask issue to their advantage? See, like even in democracies, they don't allow people wearing masks. It's, that's looked down upon. So yeah. can, from a propaganda standpoint, can they use that to their favor? They. This is the thing. Where now we're getting into that sort of propaganda where uh, where we've seen that you know quite rampantly through China and any sort of message that comes out about that, they can definitely spin it. Uh, the, the, the organs of government in Beijing are quite strong to create that sort of spin. And it's just, uh, it's just another day at the races for them to say, if it's one day, if it's purple water cannons uh, on the streets, if it's smoke gas or if it's banning of, of masks, it's all going to come together and say, see, we're bringing stability and order to the system in Beijing. This is just chaos is what, uh, is what Mr. Chi would probably tell his, his his followers in in China. So where is this going? Um, because again, the world has looked at China as an opportunity, and uh, now it feels that, that perhaps things are going backwards. Um, does China ever look inward and say, "Hey, you know what? We had an opportunity here. We might be blowing this." Yeah, and I think that that might be a conversation that will come up, but it would have to go against what what Mr. Chi's own ideology is. He's He's very much set in saying that China has a particular place in the world and in international development for the next 500 years. I mean, they've sort of got this vision in mind. And they're seeing these sorts of protests in Hong Kong. And even the bigger issue, just how much international finance is in Hong Kong today, any disruption to that would also be seen as just... Exactly. Perhaps now they're missing the golden goose. Exactly. Right. So there, what we can really say, like Hong Kong has such an important role in the global economy that just to see it as a passing inconvenience is a real it's a poor move on Beijing to to do that, to to try to exclude just the amount of potential and global engagement that Hong Kong brings. How does the world uh, how does the world engage engage in this discussion? Yeah, that's that's really tricky about either. How do you how do you bring people to the table? To, to discuss some sort of way forward. I mean, the United Kingdom has got a, you know, they're still part of the equation too, right? This was part of this, uh, yep. you know, one party, two systems up until 2047. They do have a place at the table. They still have their, their influence there. The engagement's the key word. What will be unfortunate is if there's a withdrawal, if we start to see uh, finance and industry leave Hong Kong, we start to see, fewer flights going through Hong Kong for fear of disruption, that sort of thing would not be very helpful in any way at this time. So recognizing that you've got a lot of very powerful actors globally who've got stakes in Hong Kong, there is a chance for discussion. When's that going to come up? Will it be at a, a at an Asia-Pacific summit? Will it be at the United Nations? Not sure when the forum will be for that. But in the meantime, uh, the protesters in Hong Kong are certainly certainly getting the the world on their side. Do these protesters still have the su- uh, support from those in Hong Kong? We've seen them much larger in the past than they are now, uh, a lot less violent in the past than they are now. Do the people of Hong Kong still pro- still uh, support these protests? You know, largely they would, because I think they're dealing with a wide range of issues that, that, uh, that come back to these democratic values that that Hong Kong is supposed to embrace. So initially the, the extradition bill was one thing, but now we're, we're getting into civil, 
civil liberties and, and protests, but also just how is this relationship between Beijing and Hong Kong supposed to govern itself in the future? So there's all sorts of issues that are coming up. At the same time, protests and demonstration is incredibly exhausting. And no matter what the yeah. the topic is, mm. people will, will experience burnout at some point. So it, it may not be business as usual in Hong Kong for a little while, but it's certainly uh, certainly worth paying attention to going forward so that uh, we see that any future disruptions may uh, may have other global impacts. Dr. Robert Hewish has been with us, Associate Professor, Undergraduate Advisor, Department of International Development Studies, Dalhousie University. Robert, fascinating discussion. Thanks for the time. Much appreciated. Thanks. Thank you very much, Scott. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.